I'm Sophia. I'm an organisational psychologist and a career and life coach. I want to help people to build the lives that they want to have and the careers that they want. In this podcast, I talk about big topics that help us to develop more meaning and purpose in our lives and our careers and maximise our potential. Always remember, life is too short to be unhappy at work. And start before you are ready, just like I'm doing. You will learn and you will figure it out on the way. I think it's going to be refreshing to hear from people other than those who've already made it, those who are already at the top, top of their game. We hear enough from those people. Let's learn from the people who are in it with us, at similar stages to us, those who are in the struggle together with us, people who are also trying to get to where they want to be in their lives. First of all, I just want to link it back to my second episode. Please never give up on finding your passion or your purpose. Please don't give up on yourself. We've got one incredible gift that is this life. Time does tick on. Years can pass when we feel stuck in our careers because we just haven't acted. I just want to share my learning. My goodness, since using this podcast to share my authentic, real voice for the first time in my life, I have felt what could be my purpose and my passion. And it has the potential to be life-changing. When you find what could be your passion, the energy you feel within you, it's like your electricity. You see the beauty in other people. You see the strengths in others. People around you start to become some life inspiration. And honestly, you become laser-like focused. Even if you're exhausted, you just keep wanting to work so hard in an area that you're so interested in. I think finding your passion, I think it does feel like freedom. As my friend said, and as I mentioned previously, freedom is using your authentic voice. It can be life-changing when you find it, so please don't give up on yourself. It might take you years, decades. Just don't give up on yourself. Anyway, you can make enormous changes in your life by just changing your mindset, framing your perspective in a different way, changing your perspective on the life that you're already living. Thank you for your response to my first two podcast episodes. I am so grateful for the support. It takes a lot to put yourself out on a plate like this. And I was even incredulous to discover that some people in my professional network have been using my model of career and life fulfillment in their team meetings and with their own coaching clients. Who knew, eh? (laughs) Do you know what? It's learning. Take those tiny first steps to achieve your goals And look what can happen. And later on, draw on that resilience that you need to keep going, even when it gets tough, because you will be pivoting. I know that there are so many people that are considering building their own business or starting their own new project. Let me tell you, I am so glad and grateful that I plucked up courage to start my own podcast. It just feels so powerful to have something that is truly yours. It feels different to your full-time career. And do you know what? People are nice. People are interested. People do actually care. You can do this. Build a plan, get really good 
guidance or insight into what you want to do and set yourself time regularly to achieve your goals. Listen, if I can do it, you can do it. I work in consulting and for anybody that knows anything about management consultancy, you know how demanding our jobs are. You are literally accountable for every hour on the hour. So if I can build a project like this on the side, if I can do it, you can do it. Before I get into this episode, I just want to tell you that I've already written the content for my next episode. In the next episode, I will be talking about self-belief and self-confidence. I have put my heart and soul into this one and I'm learning the technical and the production side of this podcast. So I am getting better. Self-confidence is a skill that you can learn. Self-belief is a skill that you can learn. So listen out for that episode coming soon. Today I'm talking about a big issue, something that we do not talk about, and that is the loneliness epidemic. Loneliness is one of those great unspoken phenomenons that transcends our lives. The research says that loneliness is everywhere, yet it is one of the great taboos in our society that we have still not addressed yet. We are rightly working through some of the greatest social topics in our society, including race, sexism, neurodiversity to some extent, we're getting there on that, LGBTQ rights, mental health, all of these topics. As I have said before, I believe that as a society, we've never been so connected yet disconnected. We are living much of our lives in a virtual way and this will only increase and creep into more aspects of our lives with the progression of virtual reality for example. We strive towards junk values and external validation through likes and shares and we outsource our self-worth to the opinions of others. In terms of the pervasiveness of mental health the statistics are staggering. One in four have poor mental health and 45% of England alone are lonely or experience loneliness often. That's almost half of the adult population. And yet we do not talk about loneliness. It is insane. What is that about? And I have been thinking about it. I just think we are incredibly vulnerable. We still feel too vulnerable to admit that we are lonely that we have been lonely. It hurts too much. It's not just an issue that's isolated to older adults. It affects professionals, experienced professionals, young adults and people of all ages. We just cannot seem to tell people that we are lonely. Our pride, our sense of worth is intrinsically linked to it. And what does that do? It isolates us. It keeps us trapped in this cycle of thinking that everyone else is okay. They're doing good. They've got good, meaningful relationships and I'm the one that's alone. We have to acknowledge that people are feeling lonely. It is rife amongst young people. It's rife amongst people early on in their careers. It's rife amongst people at midpoints in their lives. And it's absolutely rife in the older population. Yet we always isolate it to the older population. It's almost like it's a deflection tactic. Loneliness and mental health are intrinsically linked. We're naming part of the issue, but not loneliness. And I'm talking about this because I know that there will be right now feeling the despair of loneliness and feeling alone in their feelings of loneliness. It's like a double whammy of loneliness. It feels like the big 
elephant in the room, the unaddressed issue. And it is impacting our careers. It will be impacting more people in your life than you realise. They just aren't telling you. And it's interesting because I've noticed that the major podcasts that I love, they won't talk about this subject. And I'm thinking perhaps because those speakers and those podcast hosts feel so fulfilled to some extent in terms of the validation that they experience through their careers, through their followers. And perhaps they just can't empathise with it. They haven't experienced loneliness to the extent that others have and are feeling. Talk about it. And that's okay. But somebody has to talk about it. I honestly think that we are doing a disservice to each other if we don't talk about it. We're letting each other down. I will be honest with you and tell you I have been debating with myself about whether to write and release this episode for about a month, literally on a daily basis, toing and froing on whether I should do this podcast, do this topic. Because in order to talk about this topic, I have to be vulnerable. I need to put my neck on the line. People could and probably will judge me because it is such a difficult and vulnerable topic. It is it is a scary place to be. But then I thought, no, I have felt this way. I have felt lonely for periods in my life, significant periods of my life. And I know much of the population have felt this way and still no one has talked about it. No one is talking about it. So I would like to try. I would like to talk about it. So I'm doing it for the folk that need to hear it. And I'm forcing myself to do this and to have the courage to do this, regardless of how ill this makes me feel. In terms of how we manage our careers and cultivate meaning and purpose in our lives, Because do note that your life and your career is the same thing. We have to be mindful about how we cultivate a sense of belonging, especially as more of us move to remote or hybrid working. And employers and leaders need to be aware of our colleagues and how people are feeling. If people are lonely or unhappy, that will impact how productive they will be. And also, we need to take ownership of this issue in our own lives to ensure that we don't become lazier with our relationships, which is a real risk. Resorting to online 80 to 90% of the time, there is a lot of research out there in terms of the impact that loneliness can have on your health. As humans, we are the masters of deflection. There will be so many people that listen to this episode that will be like, yeah, doesn't apply to me. I ain't lonely. And that's cool. Those people may not feel safe enough to be vulnerable and that's fine. But I am recording this for the people that are in this place of loneliness and that need to hear it because they are feeling isolated right now as though it's just them going through this. As though they are the only ones suffering with the pain of loneliness. Because as a society we do not have the courage to name this issue and talk about it. Let me tell you, you can have the most beautiful soul and be lonely. You can be an incredibly good person and be lonely. You can have a heart filled with love and somehow still be lonely. For those that need to hear it, your loneliness is not a reflection of who you are. I see that in my life and I see that in the lives of others around me. We so often compare our insides to everyone else's outsides. Let's acknowledge the impact of loneliness on young people. The evidence suggests that social skills and levels of confidence in young people have decreased with the rise of connecting in a virtual way and the pandemic. The toll on them is huge and we see it manifest in the rates of poor mental health in this age group. I thought it was tough when I was a teenager. Back then I had to physically switch on and log on to a computer to access the fake reality of social media. Now young people have access to 
influencers and damaging role models in their hands 24 hours a day. I don't think we talk about enough the impact of validation of likes and comments. And what happens to those kids that don't get the likes and the comments? When you're outsourcing your sense of self-worth, I don't even have the words to describe the damage that it does. Also, loneliness, I think, can mean different things to different people. It can manifest in different ways. There are endless amounts of reasons why people are lonely. You can be lonely when you're surrounded by other people. You can be lonely in a happy relationship. You can be lonely when you have friends. You can experience loneliness when you move away from home for work or for travel. You can experience loneliness when you're unwell, when you have a health condition that prevents you from living a normal life, when you're working virtually, or even if you struggle to connect with people for various reasons. Or you can experience loneliness if you are just alone. I can attribute periods of my life to loneliness. And in some ways, it still affects me today. It's partly linked to moving around, needing to build a new life each time, and, and possibly social anxiety and struggling to connect with some people. And have I ever told anyone this apart from my mum and partner? No, I have not. I realised this the other day and it shocked me. This experience has shaped massive parts of my life and the only person I told was my mum. If I'm doing that, someone who is vaguely emotionally intelligent and in tune with their feelings. What is it like for others? There will be so many people going through this, suffering through it, and telling literally no one. And why didn't I tell anybody, apart from my mum? Because I didn't feel good enough. And I thought that telling friends or people that I trust, that it would indicate something negative about me. What a load of rubbish. I know that there are people who feel lonely and have felt lonely, who will never admit it or talk about it. Loneliness is still the great personal circumstance that we just do not talk about. We put on these facades to look like we are owning life, projecting and publishing how amazing our lives are as a self-defense, self-protection mechanism. I think one of the worst parts about loneliness is that you feel alone in feeling that way, double isolation. That is why I'm doing this to normalize it, to talk about it. It's okay to feel it. And you are not alone when you feel it. In fact, it's incredibly common. In terms of what I mean by loneliness, it is about the quality of your connections with others, the quality of your relationships, which I have to say are at risk of being degraded with the increasing intrusion of technology in our lives. So being virtual, having a virtual presence. Instagram, in my opinion, continuously feeds us junk values. It reinforces the concept that and teaches us and especially young people that the most important thing that matters is how we look. This will be a massive driver in terms of the mental health rates that we see amongst young people and the prevalence of young girls in eating disorder services. We post continuously unrealistic presentations of our lives. Instagram is literally a validation based on our appearance and we make a judgment on someone based on the likes below. So what matters is that we look good and that others think we look good. It is these habits which become part of our consciousness. They can shape our relationships with each other. They can absolutely impact on our feelings of self-worth, where we continuously outsource our sense of worth to the opinions of others. It shapes our interaction with the world around us. And to me, it feeds loneliness. As individuals, I think we need to establish the levels of connection 
that we want in our lives so we can do what we can to nurture and build connections that feel meaningful to us. I also believe loneliness is intrinsically linked to the absence of focus and attention when we are around each other. You can spend time with friends and people you love and still feel lonely and unheard. Our iPhone and social media and social network addictions are degrading the quality of our connections and relationships. Tell me, how meaningful, truly, does it feel when you spend time with others and they are on their phones? Are we losing our basic social skills? Do we have any idea about how being on our phone every five minutes makes the other person in the room feel? We need to tell each other that we are worth even just 10 minutes of our complete focus and attention and presence. I don't think we talk about this enough. We kind of just let it happen. We don't hold ourselves to account and we don't hold the people around us to account. And you know what? Of course we feel lonely. This is such a problem. Even the people that love us are not able to treat us with the value that we deserve by remaining present for more than five, ten minutes at a time. It is sad and as a society I think we've got we've let it get a bit out of hand. I recommend listening to Johan Harry talk about this. The business model of social media companies is literally based on the amount of minutes each day they can get our attention so that they can gather more data about us in terms of what we like and what we don't like to build a profile of us to then sell to companies that want to advertise to us. It's a fascinating area that I strongly suggest we start educating ourselves on because I think this is just one part of the prongs that is fueling our loneliness and our poor connections. And this is what I mean when I say we've never been more connected yet disconnected. And what will this be like in the future? Probably even worse. We're already feeding a technology and virtual reality addiction to our kids iPads in the car, iPads at the dinner table. I'm not blaming anybody for just trying to cope with kids. It is a highly effective way of distracting children. I'm just exploring the consequences of all of this. Kids are absolutely growing up with an addiction to the need to be stimulated by some form of screen. It's as if real life and being present is boring, it's not stimulating enough. And it's nurturing an inability to be present, which will impact their ability to stay focused and learn, their attention, their quality of sleep, and overall quality of life. There is a lot of research behind this. And it's impacting everybody. I had the realization in the shower this morning that as organizations, we are trying to facilitate and drive change amongst our leadership populations by stimulating creative thinking and ideas based on the false assumption that they are paying attention. We have constant emails, constant messages, multiple screens. It is a constant distraction to concentration. We switch between tasks. Even if it's just checking your phone for a few seconds can mean that you need 23 minutes to get back to full concentration. How often is that happening in our leadership meetings? It makes so much sense to me and I can see it during the meetings. You can tell when you have lost people. The discipline we need around this is really challenging. The amount of energy it takes to focus on screen is much greater 
than the amount of energy we need to focus when we're face to face and in a room together. This all raises fascinating questions to me of how we can manage the impact of the increasing prevalence of technology in our lives. The impact on our relationships, quality of connections, loneliness, ability to find meaning, attention, quality of sleep, health, our eyesight, ability to be present, ability to learn, just to say there are massive differences between reading something on a screen and reading a book in terms of your ability to retain the information. You're less likely to retain new information if you read it on a screen instead of a book, for example. So the bottom line is, as individuals, we need to establish the levels of connection that we want in our lives and do what we can to nurture and build connections that feel meaningful to us. Then we need to take ownership of that, set some goals about how we want our lives to look. You might be thinking, so what is loneliness? Loneliness can come from working alone, living alone, losing loved ones, losing family, losing pets. And why do we feel loneliness? As humans, loneliness is evolved within us as a defence mechanism. When we became separated from the tribe, when we were an outcast, we were in incredible danger. Our lives would pretty much soon end due to the risks of predators, starvation, the cold. It's because of our sense of belongingness, our need to connect and feel connected with others that kept us alive and enabled us to flourish as a species. What does loneliness feel like? It's hard to describe. It can feel like having such a zest for life but no one to live it with to watch time pass by without making the most of that time it can feel painful it makes you ache it can feel desperate like you're doing what you can to build a better life for yourself but you're still feeling lonely in some way it's hard to describe and it feels different for everybody. I will be real with you. I will be honest. Loneliness is a hard place to move away from. To move away from it, it takes gut, grit, determination, practice, consistency, and putting yourself out of your comfort zone, forcing yourself out there. It takes a lot of effort, practice, and I hate to say it, planning to move out from a lonely place. And yet it can also be incredibly simple and easy to feel less lonely. Just meet with a friend for a coffee that you trust and maybe tell them that you've not been feeling great. It is incredible how we can enhance our relationships by being vulnerable and open and sharing something about ourselves. Sharing something vulnerable about ourselves. It's funny because sometimes there is a comfort in being lonely. People can think, I'm quite happy with my one or two friends who live far away because I'm I'm safe here, I'm good, and that's okay. And you know what? You can focus on acceptance. Acceptance could be a massive step forward for you to help you find more peace in your life. It is okay to be lonely. There's nothing wrong with you. My God, why do we never talk about this? At the end of the day, the most important relationship is the relationship you have with yourself. So be open to accepting where you are and how you feel. Get support with that. Explore mindfulness, meditation. Acceptance can be an incredible path to feeling more content. But for those that want to do something about it, that don't want to feel this way anymore, I suggest making a plan. Making a plan and maybe getting some support. Maybe a coach. 
to help you take the steps that you need to take to build a more fulfilling, more meaningful and more connected life. It is hard, but you can do it. You really can. With some small steps and consistency over time, you will notice a difference in your life, even if it takes you a few years. And we must recognise that we have 100% responsibility for our lives. Seriously, the way you respond to the circumstances in your life is 100% down to you. You can deflect, blame others all you like, but you have the responsibility and the power to make choices in your life. And I've heard before many people say, I cannot change. And that is a victim mindset. What you're really saying, not that you can't change, what you're really saying is that you won't change. You're choosing not to change. Perhaps because you actually feel some form of comfort in that narrative. You absolutely can change. Just take the time to think through the differences that you want to make. Plan how you could get there. Identify actions and hold yourself to account or find someone else to hold you to account. And a coach is a good way of doing that. There are practical steps you can take against loneliness. It's hard for professionals young professionals, anyone really. After the university stage and the school stage, it's really hard to make friends. You spend time with your colleagues and you kind of notice that their lives are already sorted. They've already got the amount, all the friends that they would want and would need. When you're looking at your options, it can feel like there's just closed doors and you can't see a way forward to reduce the loneliness in your life. It's okay that it's hard to make friends at this point in our lives. There's no shame in any of this. And there's no shame in the stages that you can take to fight against loneliness. For example, Bumble for friends. It's a thing. (laughs) I've made a few friends on there. It takes a bit of courage, but you can do it. And you can meet some incredibly lovely, kind people who are also lonely, even though they won't tell you. Because loneliness is everywhere, remember that. So you can use apps like Bumble for Friends to meet up with people for the first time that you don't know. It's pretty much like Tinder for friends. And it works. It does the trick. Go on a few Bumble dates or any other equivalent and eventually you'll find somebody that you just get on with well. There's also other practical steps you can take, like making the most of your community. There will be an incredibly rich community around you. You just can't see it yet, perhaps. That's actually one of the hardest avenues to go down. And I've still not cracked that nut yet, to be honest. But if you can find a way to meet people in your local area, your local community, I'm sure you'll be quite surprised in who you can meet there. And there's other ways, as we all know, like volunteering, taking up a hobby, doing a course. There is hope for us. And it's okay to admit that you're lonely. And it's okay to be lonely. It actually feels really therapeutic to talk about it it still blows my mind that we don't talk about it so if I can contribute something I hope that this starts some form of conversations or at least some recognition of the issue rather than just avoiding it and pretending it doesn't exist and that it doesn't it's not happening to me I would suggest that you share this episode with somebody that you think might need it but to be honest in terms of the facade I was talking about that we all love projecting is the self-protectionism facade that we're doing great, that we're all, we're smashing life. There will be people that need to hear this that you don't know about. 
So maybe just send it to anybody. But I would love to name this issue and get this as the next big thing that we tackle as a society. Our lives are only going to become more and more virtual. It's probably one of the greatest threats against the value of our lives and the experience of our lives. So there, I've spoken about it. God, I'm learning a lot from this podcast. (laughs) And just to say, in terms of making intentional goals for your life, such as to be less lonely in the future in different ways, how could a coach help? You could find a coach that you can trust, a coach that would really listen to help you explore your thinking, help you feel like what you say is valid, what you feel is valid and important and that there are ways forward and that things can get better, that things will get better. A good coach will help you develop your confidence and self-belief and guide and support you as you explore your options. They can help you find clarity and focus when you feel lost confused or overwhelmed and it's worth saying let me know if you're considering getting a coach and if you want to talk it through with someone who knows about coaching I'm super open to all conversations in fact the past two weeks since launching this podcast the conversations that off the back of the podcast have been so worthwhile I love connecting with other, other people in terms of other podcast topics that I will cover. I do plan to interview people who are in the struggle now, people that we can learn something from. So business leaders, for example, what can we learn from them about finding purpose in our careers and our lives? Business psychology, what is business psychology, organizational psychology, leadership, what makes great leadership, how to enhance our confidence, talking from experience and also the research, coaching and the value that coaching can have in your life and the power of coaching. Thank you for listening. Message me on LinkedIn, Sophia Nichols. All my love.